I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to Going Offsides, presented by the Lacrosse Collective on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Coach, how are you? What's up? Coach Beardsley, <laughs> what's going on, brother? How's everybody doing today? Okay? Keeping it yeah, real? how about... Yeah, man. How about yourself? Where are you off to right now? I am passing through the city of Cortland, New York, where the men mm. are men and the pigs are scared. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the Iron Horse. I appreciate you guys having me, and, and I'm ready to rock whenever you want. One of the questions I had for you is you're obviously very passionate about coaching high school. And like you said, a lot of high school guys are sometimes better than the college guys. What has kept you... Or have you ever had a desire to coach at the college level? Well, let's take a step back. I don't think I'm better than the college guy. No, I no, no. Been around no, college no. guys. No, no, no. And I don't mean that. I'm not taking it in a negative way. I, I do really see how good these guys are. You know, my one downfall going into the PLL was that I was a high school guy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you got to remember you're coaching guys who are high level division one or pros so you coach high school guys who are young obviously they'll be division one kids and i have high level guys but it's a different athlete at that time so for me personally i i knew my you know i had to learn myself the limitations that i had and from that point when i left that bubble i've tried to grow as a coach and think outside the box um you know, my, I'm so passionate about what I do because I'm lucky to do what I do. I mean, I, I have a, a very supportive athletic director. Let me tell you guys, I am not rated PG by all means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you if think? I was maybe, yeah, I mean, if I was maybe at a different school, I, I might have gotten into some trouble here and there. Um, you know, I, I'm not to say that I couldn't curb anything I've ever done. But, you know, I, I treat my guys as men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm allowed to treat them as men. You know, I do believe in this, in this, it sounds terrible, but I do believe in this theory that if you can make a life or take a life, you should be treated like a man, right? So if you yep. can obviously make a life or pull a trigger or do something, you know, you should be treated like a man. So my guys, that's where my passion comes from. I, I really, I do love lacrosse. It, it is a huge part of my life. It has become a big part of my family's life. Uh, my wife was a college swimmer and, you know, and a, a world-class swimmer, won multiple world championships, multiple national championships. And, you know, our daughters play. I'm driving right now, you know, down to the island for an event for Viviana. She's right next to me, our youngest. And, um, you know, so it's a big part of our life. We do a lot of things with it. But the passion really comes for that reason. My wife, Tori, being so competitive has really driven me to be competitive. I'll be honest with you guys. Losing doesn't bother me like the average person. I'm sure losing hits me a week later. So mm. I try to not lose. And that's probably why the intensity that I have, the passion that I have, the excitement that I have um, comes out. And I do think that you are a product of who you are. And what I mean by that is I am that guy who's 47 years old, who even when I'm 75, I still think I'll be that intense. 
I still think I'll have this much energy. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the intensity and the passion, I love I love coaching high school. I, I don't think I could ever not be a coach uh, in some capacity. So it's freaking awesome. Well, I mean, it also helps too. I mean, you're, you're coaching high school lacrosse in, in one of the best regions in the in the country, in the world. I mean, so, I mean, you get a chance to, to coach really high level lacrosse and you're doing it across so many different fronts. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed, and I actually had a, I actually had a quick question. I mean, in terms of, you know, we're, we're on the coaching subject, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. COVID hits, you know, yep. everything gets shut down. Um, you know, and I know at the time, like you, you know, you're, I mean, you're, and I, and it's not just to blow smoke. I mean, you know, this and everybody says it, you know, you're one of the best clinicians, you know, at what you do in terms of teaching the game, teaching the defensive game. Um, yeah. you know, obviously when things get shut down, yeah. you can't do anything. How did, mm -hmm. you know, was it something, did someone give you the idea? Did you kind of come up with the idea where, cause I know you're doing so many different virtual clinics right now. You're doing mm -hmm. remote training. And I mean, even I remember yep. even at the early stages of COVID, you know, you're doing these drills in your driveway. So can you yep. talk a little bit how you kind of how that kind of came together, um, you know, and kind of what maybe the future is for what it is that you're doing with that, man? Because it seems like now, you know, you have so many different platforms to really kind of teach to such a, a broad range of of potential student athletes. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing. So. I actually saw Alex Aust, the you know, the world team yep. the girl, right, the women's player. She was doing some things with Taylor Cummings. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I was just like, hey, I, 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 I saw drills and I figured, you know, I could go to a field. No one would say a word if I went to CBA, right, and did it. So I had a laptop. I planned on, <laughs> I planned on using my iPad on the sidelines in 2020. Yep. So I just was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to come up with a bunch of drills that, you know, especially for the defenders, you're like a big onus in the world is, I think, because we talk about our sport, um, we talk about our sport saying it's a, it's a combination of multiple sports, right? So they'll say it's football, hockey, soccer. So what did I do? I looked at all those drills and then I mm -hmm. tailored them to lacrosse where you could do it by yourself. And a big thing I found with defensemen is, and a big push with most of the same positions, you know, cornerbacks, they practice footwork. footwork. They have no false steps. So I, I kind of looked at that, came up with drills, and then I just took a shot. I mean, what's a Zoom? I mean, Zoom's what, $199 for the year? I just said, what the heck? I bought a tripod, stuck it in my driveway and came up with a schedule and I found my limitations, right? So I would try to do two, three a week. Now I can't lie to you guys. It was an income level, right? I sell the sports mm -hmm. um, and it helped. It helped during COVID, right? With no sports, it helped my family get through things. The only thing I wish I had now was better weather. You know, we live in Syracuse. It was it's 37 I, and, and sunny. I could do that, you know, in my driveway still um, if I just had a facility. And I try to, you know, so for me, the Zoom clinics were awesome. What it did, guys, was help me become a better coach. Um, right. It helped me come up with 
how could I handle? So I do really think, and, and there's no arrogance with it, I can handle 40 kids on a Zoom and make it interactive. You know, I understand how to rip through a screen and stop an entire 40 kids in, you know, multiple areas around the United States. Mm-hmm. I also know when to just, it's hopeless that we're not going to help him with that drill. Let's just get everybody else through it. Let's move on to the next one. Hopefully that player got better, yep. you know, at the next drill, you know, and I did see, this is the weird thing, guys. I did see an improvement in these kids and I would get emails when the, you know, the world started to open up again. I would get emails from these parents and say, you know, Rudy's footwork was so much better. You should have seen him today. He was ahead of everybody with his approaches or Ian really is, you could see the, the, the fix in it. And, you know, so I came up with it. Now, can I, can I tell you a little inside secret on, this, on the Zooms? why they're great, especially in the summer, I would do them at four o'clock to five, say on a Friday. And I was, that was happy hour. So what no one saw was Ricky V maybe having a diet Coke, if you know what I mean, (laughs) during the clinics, Uh, you know, and so it was enjoyable for me. You know, I did a great takeaway one, which I, I should do probably, I should do it once a quarter because I think lacrosse needs it, right? Yes. I just did a takeaway check one, 99 kids, you know, 10 bucks, an hour, no questions, you just go, right? You know, you throw a check and then you move on to the next. <clears throat> and then, you know, I, so I was doing those and I really saw it help, guys. But yeah, that, I got the idea, I got the idea from what the, the ladies were doing and I took it a little bit beyond probably what they were doing. Um, and I, and I, and I, and I was happy that it was working out for me and the kids, uh, because it was great that the parents were excited that their kids were doing something. You know, I did some virtual clinics, uh, like virtual, uh, um, practices with Viviana's yellow jackets team. Yeah. I did, uh, like me and Paul Clark yep. and another dad, right? Paul's in Connecticut. The dad was in um, Smithtown and we were here. We would do a clinic in the afternoon for our own kids. That's fantastic. We had like those a virtual practice, you know, and Paul would run drills one week. I'd run it the next week. And, you know, we, all it took was, you know, the grass, the goal and, and, a, and a bucket of balls. Um, so that was great. Yeah. The, the clinics were awesome guys. And, and I, and thank you for giving me a compliment coach um about being a good clinician uh that's a big word by the way uh yeah, for me sat word um, sat word that is an sat word i really do take pride in the clinics that i do i yep. really do take personally that i want kids to get reps sometimes mm-hmm. i get mad because i think i bit off more than i could chew mm-hmm. you know i did a clinic on the island a couple of months ago out in Hop Hog. And I was I had watching it kids. on Instagram. Yep. <laughs> right. I did 30 kids and I didn't know the size of the facility. Yep. You know, I had 40 kids and I didn't know the size of the facility. And I was like, oh man, maybe I, oh geez. I don't ever want it to be perceived that I have taken someone's money. You know what I mean? Um, without putting out something good. And uh, I've been very lucky, but like I'm going to do one in January 
for four weeks, the four Saturdays in in Hop Hog. I'm doing one that's in northern New Jersey on the Friday, uh, and then I'm scooting over, driving into New York, staying, and then doing it in Hop Hog. But I'm going to limit it to 30 kids because awesome. I want to really kill them with reps. Yeah. So like, that's my biggest thing. My clinics, guys, rep, are rep, really rep-based. Rep They're rep-based, yes. Hi, a lot of speed, yep. rep, and then I look at technique after that. Does that make sense? Absolutely, Absolutely. 100%. 100%. And, I mean, you know, just from watching it, I mean, everybody, you know, we're kind of going to backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit about yeah. your playing days. But, I mean, at the same time, like, everybody identifies you. I mean, you know, you were a four-time All-American, and, you know, you were a USA U19 player. I mean, you've won every championship known to man, and everybody remembers you as the and knows you as the takeaway guy. And I mean, part of the reason why I said, you know, I wanted to talk about your, your history, you know, your, what you're doing right now from a, from a clinician standpoint is because, you know, people identify you as the takeaway guy and you do yep. teach all of those takeaway checks, but they, a lot of people don't necessarily understand just how, um, how much, you know, how much you, how much time you spend. I mean, you build, you know, you put the foundation of the house together before you start, you know, putting on, you know, the, the bells and whistles to the house before you start teaching those checks. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, like I said, if you're doing a clinic, um, you know, I'm watching on Instagram and I'm, I'm taking your stuff and we're doing it with our guys. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome what you're doing. I love it. Um, I know Nick, you had uh, you had a question that you wanted to ask him. So go right ahead, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you obviously talented clinician, which I think is always tough because as good of a coach I, as I think I am at practices, I find clinics to be very difficult for myself to do. I don't know why. I just, it's not something I'm very good at or take a lot of pride in, but I wish I could be better. But um, you, you also got to do something pretty cool in 2019. I th think it was, you called an ACC network game and you got to call a Q's game. And I was reading about how you were comparing Chase Scanlon to one of my favorite players of all time, Tom Marichek. Yep. Can you can you talk a little bit about how, you know, you obviously, you know both players very well now. Mm -hmm. How does Chase compare to Tom? Well, Tom is a legend. Let's just, let's yeah. just say it mm -hmm. there, right? So, I mean, he's one of the greatest, you know, righty finishers of all time. And I think you can categorize guys now as the game has evolved right so you're talking about you know who's the greatest midfielder of all time who's the greatest you know transition player so we have all those types of things that we can talk about tom is the best one of the probably in my opinion the best i've ever seen as far as a righty finisher on that right wing and chase does it the same way so if you want to put the two side by side it's pretty simple Tom never overpowered you by blasting a corner. Chase Scanlon doesn't overpower you by blasting a corner. They were deceptive. They had good shooting. They understood how to change their hands in their motion. Uh, so they're very similar in that way. You know, Tommy was all about placement and excitement. Chase Scanlon is that same kid. Um, now, I don't know Chase personally, right? right. Uh, but the, the comparison of the two... Chase is on course, you know, to be exactly how Tom is. Uh, you know, Tom is a, a better one-on-one -on -one player, I do believe, but it's only really because Tom had to go one-on-one -on -one at times, right? Yeah. He was challenged. 
to go one-on-one in times. And we had a different offense back then, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was built on, you know, sometimes individual matchups where Syracuse's offense, you know, has a two man game and he's the off ball guy, yep. right? That slides in the slot. So mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's not asked to dodge, but their releases are similar. Their, uh, you know, their shooting style, their footwork is similar and where they hover on the field is very similar. They hang in that right quadrant, that white low, low quadrant that like, if you're scouting, you know, what I would do to them is try to move them out of that quadrant, right. And put them in spots where they're not in their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tommy, I don't know. I haven't seen Chase Gatlin go behind the back, but I've never seen a human <laughs> that could go behind the back better than Tom Marichek. I mean, that's the yeah. truth. Guys. I, I'll give you I a posted good a video last week about it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll give you a good story. I know I'm long-winded, it's just me, but uh, I was I was a freshman, obviously, when Tom was a senior. No one wanted to guard him in the first day of practice. You know, So I'd watched him for three years, and the next thing you know, he's my teammate. So I'm just rolling up, and nobody wants to guard him. I'm like, I'll guard this guy. What the hell, man? It's only going to make me better. If I can strip him, I'm going to show the coaches I can play. And So like, I would talk to him, and we would mess around. So I jumped in the goal, like kidding around, and he was throwing fakes. I literally had my feet together, guys. I have pretty big calves at the time, even though now I'm ruptured both Achilles. I got no calves. So I had a you know, between my ankles, and I don't have cankles, thank God. Uh, there's a little, you know, a space basically to, that a ball could fit through. He went behind the back and put it in that spot. And I asked him, seriously, dude, did you mean it? He goes, yeah, why? He didn't even like that <laughs> an eyelash. So Tom's behind the backs were freaky. I mean, I've seen practices like they always say with the gates practice was well more fun and they did more things. Well, Tom Marichek did things in practice that no one would ever believe. I don't know if Chase Scanlon does that, but I can tell you right now, Tom Marichek does. Absolutely. And I think, and, and it's weird. People have asked me, so I'm only, I'm 31. And so I obviously didn't really get to see Tom Marichek play live or, you know, it was a little bit before my time, but people always ask me, who's my favorite player of all time? And it's, I always say Tom. And a lot of my younger players, they're like, who the heck is Tom Marichek? So if you're listening and you don't know who that is, please, I'm going to put a YouTube link in the in the description of today's episode because you need to go watch this. It is, it is pure magic that he would take behind the back pass opportunities on fast breaks in important games and make it look like it was nothing. Like he didn't even think twice about it. Before oh, it was like balls, cool. man. brass balls, brass balls. <laughs> That's the key to it. Yeah. You know what made Casey Powell and Mike Powell and Ryan Powell so successful? The the, the fear of not making mistakes. You know, well that's said. huge, guys. Yep. Trust me, the fear of making a mistake is what makes players not hit their potential. That yep. was the best thing about going to Syracuse. You know, I, I think that's the best thing about the way I coach. I mean, I I don't want guys to make mistakes, but I also want 60 shots a game. So, you know, I'm a mix of the two, but Roy Simmons Jr. lets you be you. I don't know if there is really any other coach ever that's ever allowed that guy. You could probably make the argument that one of the coaches like nowadays that's actually doing it and probably why they've had the the run of success that they've recently had is probably Scott Moore. I was going to say the same thing. You know, yep. to, you know, ob- you know, you know, I mean, listen, you know, you're not, you know, you're talking about a legend of the game and coach Simmons. 
Um, you know, yep. but I mean, he's, you know, his coach Mar is probably the closest thing. Cause I mean, you know, the things that you're saying about, um, you know, you're talking about what Tom Marachek and those guys used to do in practice. You know, I, you know, Dwayne Stewart, who, you know, through Clark, um, you know, he would tell me Love stories Dwayne. about, yeah, he's the man, he was my assistant at LMU for, you know, and we're yep. from the same town. So like, he's, yep. he's, he's like family. I mean, he is family. I mean, my daughter calls him uncle Dwayne. But I mean, he would tell me yeah. stories about, um, you know, practice at Albany where it was like, you, he's like, you think what you see on game day is like amazing. You should see what these guys are doing in practice. It's like, and practice is just, it's an event. It's so much fun. And I think, um, you know, the coaches that have the ability to do that, man, they're getting more out of their players. I think it, it's, it's, you know, it's as stupid as it sounds, it's, it's, it is that simple, but it really isn't that simple. It's so hard for people nowadays to kind of let people be themselves because they're, you know, for, for fear of losing a job or losing a game or, like you said, making a mistake. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm going to tell you, it's, uh, I don't think I could have played anywhere else because of the freedom that I, I was able to, to have. And, you know, Coach Simmons – you know, where Coach Desco at that time was kind of the disciplinarian and Coach Simmons would be that guy that like, let him be, let him be John. Yeah. I got it. And, and I, I was very thankful. You know, it really helped my career. I mean, think about it. There's not many D guys just for the fun of it, throwing 80 yard behind the back passes in playoff. Games. <laughs> I mean, no. you know, it, it, that's the funny part. Like, People ask me, why did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I felt like it. Like, I saw Mojo open in the corner. Oh. I used to throw him in practice to him. I was like, what the hell? Why not? You know? And thank goodness for my boy, Rob Car Rob Cabovit, you know, and having Casey Powell down there. Rat boy. That was Rob. I called him Rat yeah. because he was a dirty rat. He was all over the place. He, used to, he was just the worst to guard because he just killed you everywhere. So that rat. He was there, man, and and it turned out to get you know what two hundred thousand views. It's still going, so I, I'm a. That's the only way I'm remembered now, guys. It's beta, <laughs> right? Or VHS. VHS tapes, right? That's it, man. I'm a. So I'm, I look spectacularly fast on on VHS. Dude, on that old turf, everybody looks fast, right? Very true. I love grass. It was slow. It slowed attackman down. <laughs> so I, I do have a question for you. So you're talking, you know, I mean, yeah. I was going to get to this and we're, we're you're, you're talking about Simi and, you know, yep. it's just like, it, it's, you know, most, and, and it's sad too. I mean, you know, the Syracuse, you know, lacrosse, it's like a family and you'd appreciate this in my classroom right now that I'm teaching in, I have uh, the old, like I know, and I don't know if they still do them, but Syracuse, um, their team posters for the years, it's somebody, they, somebody would paint them, right? So I have like the the Lords. It's it's obviously after you graduated, but that 2002. You got the Lord of the Rings. I got, got the, the Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. You, Joe Seglia gave it to me, and then I have uh, yep. Segs's from his sophomore year. I have the um, I have the poster with like all the Indian masks on it, the Native American masks, and then it's yep. got um, Simmons Senior on it, and it's signed by the whole team. I got them both hanging in my classroom, but. That's not my question. So obviously you yeah. played for a legend at, Sy at Syracuse, but sure. you know, I make the argument that you played for one of the best defensive coaches in high school. He's also got one of the best mustaches that lacrosse has ever seen. And, and you know who yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Coach V. 
Now, oh, can yeah. you can you talk to me a little bit about the differences between, you know, your high school career and playing for Coach V and how that helped you transition to Syracuse? What were some of the I mean, because you played for two, you know, championship level coaches, two legends of the yep. game. What were some of the similarities? Yep. What were some of the differences? Well, that is an excellent question. And no one's ever asked me that. And I've often said they're like, well. People have asked me, what did you do in high school? What was it like? Coach Vitola was the perfect mix mm -hmm. for a takeaway defenseman, mm -hmm. right? So if you missed a check, especially above the goal line extended, you got yanked. You okay. did, okay? But the difference between him and others, he would let you throw that check. If you hit it, didn't care. It was just a great play. If you threw a behind-the-back pass, and you threw it out of bounds, and you could have just thrown it normal, he'd yank you. But if you threw it and it was successful, he kept you in. Mm -hmm. Now, people are saying, well, that would make sense. No, what it teaches or what it taught me was how to think about every takeaway check, where to throw it, how to counter if I missed it, how to not get my ass yanked. <laughs> Being like I, I still call it, I call it panic defense. So I used to know that if I missed a check and I just took away a hand, like a guy beats me, I go over the head or trailing him, and I don't trail one at a I trail in the middle. So this way it's halfway distance, you know, equidistance to each side, whether he pulls it right or lefty. Or a lot of guys don't. They would put it on one side, come over, or I stick it under his front hand. And I force him to shoot through my stick, right? So, like, even when you're beat, you're not beat if you're six feet away. You, if, you're, if you can get a stick on a hand, you got a good chance, if you're doing it right, of throwing off a shot. So, Vitola, who I love dearly, who gave me everything I've ever had, with the exception of my own parents, I owe that man everything. He gave me that core knowledge and then that core belief to learn on my own and how that transitioned well to Syracuse was Syracuse truly was the program where you just rolled the ball out back then there was no defensive drills there was nothing we did in practice to get ourselves individually better okay we're talking about we didn't do footwork ladders. We didn't do I, – I can tell you one drill we did. We did a poke check drill. Honestly, we did a poke check drill. I, I swear to you guys, we did nothing to get better individually. So I'm very lucky that I had that core in my, to be my own coach to get myself to the next level. It really was. It wasn't anybody trying – by the way, they didn't force us to lift weights back then either. You know that? We had no weight training program. It was, you could go lift if you wanted. Coach Simmons didn't, didn't really care. That is the truth. They didn't monitor. I started lifting, like, after my, my sophomore, my freshman year, I couldn't guard big people, even though I was a pretty sizable guy. I just wasn't strong enough. So I went and did the football workouts, and I did it on my own. No one asked me to do it. No one told me I had to do it. So the self-motivating factor I learned from Vitola, you know, with Coach Vitolo, 
to get me to college was really how I had success. And then again, of course, being able to play for a guy who wanted you to create plays. Coach Simmons' attitude and Coach, Coach Vitola's attitude, and I still have this attitude. See, I'm different. If I have a great defenseman and I have a bad attackman, I do the opposite of what most guys do. My guy crawls all over him to get the ball because in offensive matchups, when we find a mismatch, we stop an entire game and say, oh, my God, Johnny's got a short stick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Guys, oh, Johnny, set up your dodge. <laughs> well, why don't we do that with defensemen? Because I can tell you straight up, you're wasting a talented defenseman yep. if you don't do that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You don't shut off. Vitola shut off. I mean, my God, he would shut off all the time. It was called black. Yep. He would mm-hmm. shut yep. off. I mean, Empire State games, I was a junior. I'll never forget it. You know, we played in, you know, in, in Cornell. There were some of the greatest attackmen in the country at that time in New York State. And, I mean, right off the bat, I told him, Rick, you're on, you know, Zelko. You're on Donegan. Like, these were two different, you know, Casey and Doug. They were two central and a, and a western New York kid. And they were, Zelko was going to Yale. Donegan went to Syracuse. Donegan held points records. They're like, we're shutting off. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is the creme de la creme, and I'm going to play. It's me versus the world. Right. And I, I succeeded. I, I didn't get beat an entire tournament. Probably had the best games I've had in, in my high school career. Nah, not my – I'm pretty good. Who am I kidding? I've had some good ones. But, uh, like, I've had, you know, had some good – I mean, really good games. But that's, you know, to, to, in a roundabout way to get back to your question, I wouldn't have been the player that I was today if it wasn't for those two guys and being able to be a self-thinker. And that was the big thing. Yeah, it seems like for you personally, and, and maybe it's not the same for every single person, but having having that good mix, that good balance worked out perfectly where you had someone, like you said, that prepared you to, to be a self-thinker. And then when you get to the next level, allows you to just do you and use everything you've ever been taught and everything you've ever learned and just go out and, and figure it out on your own in a way. Yeah. Oh God, this is the best. I'm the luckiest dude in the world, fellas. You gotta understand. I played. I played at the place everybody wanted to play, and at the pace and style everybody loved to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, think about it. I played with some great defensemen. I scored lots of goals. I mean, you don't see many guys dropping hat tricks these days unless they're long stick midfielders. Right. You don't see close guys scoring goals. I mean, that was an everyday occurrence on our defense with Hans, Chad, myself. I mean, oof. Lucky, <laughs> lucky, boys. <laughs> so let me uh, let me throw you a couple kind of a, a little rapid-fire line of questions here. Yep. Because yep. uh, I think this is, this is some of the stuff that, especially the younger people, they definitely want to know. They see you on TV. They're, I think the PLL has definitely helped some of the younger guys outside of New York learn who Ricky B is. So what's the, uh, let's start with this. What's the favorite, you, you go all over the East coast, all over the country, really for, for the lacrosse clinics and, and coaching. What's the favorite food joint? If you had to pick one, what's the spot? Oh, wow. That's a great question. And I really can't, I mean, that's the, <laughs> so, so I'm going to give you a helpful hint of what I do with my clinics. I budget $700 for food. Now that people say that's crazy. <laughs> yes, 
I am one of those guys that will get a $200 bottle of wine by myself and a $150 steak. Um, I really will. You ask anybody that travels with me, including my wife, I got my little one right next to me, Viviana. Like tonight, Viv wanted steak. We're going to a great steakhouse in Huntington. So like, Ooh, so, where, are we, where are we going in Huntington? Where are we going in Huntington? I'm going to Piccolo. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yep. I do love IMC Internet Imperial Meat. Yep, I have yep. gone there, which, but there we, we couldn't get reservations. And, and gotcha. Viviana might be, might be 10. But the one thing I've learned in life, guys, is there's things you don't chinch yourself on. Okay? Exactly right. You never, you never chinch yourself on, on alcohol. Okay? <laughs> you never chinch yourself on food. And I never chinch on two other things. Watches okay. or sunglasses. sunglasses. Okay. <laughs> but my favorite spot to eat. If I'm on the island, I'll give you two. I'll give you. Okay, I'm going to give you because I do most. Favorite spot to eat, Long Island, Suffolk County. Teller's Steakhouse. Love of the course. atmosphere. Love the, love the Teller's in Iceland. Favorite spot in Westchester when I do a clinic? Lenny's in Largemont. The okay. Steakhouse there. Yep. Great. Uh, those are my two. If I go to Baltimore, it's Sammy's Trotteria. Yep. Because Sammy's a big supporter of, of lacrosse, hop, you know, the man. Mm -hmm. um, I got another one. If I'm near North Fork, Road Peace. With Louis. Okay. Yep. From there? Yep. Oh my God. Oh my God. So <laughs> that's probably the best Italian place I've been to in in ten years. Uh so those are my choices. Uh okay. the three. So I can't give you one. I love food too much, boys. No, no, yeah, that's all well, right. That's I mean, it sounds like a steak is probably the heart of the heart of the answer. If there's a good steak, you're, yep. you're going. Yep. All right. Yep, you're not and kidding. Then... I know I had a hundred and thirty dollar wagyu at, at Imperial Meat when I drove <laughs> Angela down to a practice. And it was so good. Angela, my oldest, devoured it without a fork and knife. She just ate the leftovers like she was like a mongrel. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. All right. So I know this is a tough question, and maybe maybe there isn't one, but if you had to pick which uh, a young defender, somebody in the league, either professionally or in college, that somewhat reminds you of yourself. Wow. Um. I would say high school kid that I've watched reminds me of myself, Jack Scherzer. Who's that That's IMC. who I was going to say. I was going to absolutely tell – I was going to say <clears throat> Scherzer reminds me of how you played between the boxes, obviously playing close. Um, yep. Hell of a takeaway kid. Yeah. Yep. I mean, ha like had an attitude. Yep. Like, you know, he, he, he's not huge, not big. You know, he, he's got speed. Like he's got all the good tools, you know. Um, yeah. I would say in high school, him – him and 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 and, uh, and 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 in the pros, I would say no one. I mean, I don't mean to be. There's no. There's not a. There's not. There's not a cockiness. Um, you know, there's just guys. They do things differently. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, pers I personally would crawl all over everybody in the pros. Um, yeah. and I don't care. People could say, yeah, yeah that wouldn't work. Yeah, bullshit. You get yeah. me at, at twenty. You know, three years old, twenty six years old, twenty eight years old. You know, with the, the amount of training these guys have, with no, you know, I'd be shredding people all over the joint. Sorry, it's just me. <laughs> I, I know for a fact I would. Um, you well, know, and so, de and defensemen so aren't defensemen weren't coached the way that you were coached and given the freedom that you had yep. as, a, as a player yep. in high school. They're all you know, I mean, yep. yeah. yeah. So it makes a lot I mean, of sense. 
Well, then, if, if I had if I had three Rick Beardsleys, I'd be happy. But I do, <laughs> yeah. I do. Listen, I got Tucker Durkin, I got yeah. Cade Van Rapport, I have you know Austin Fafani, you know I, and Kyle Hartzell. Yeah. I, I mean, those are three excellent, you know, legendary defensemen. Um, I mean, and then when We're you put Cannon and Nicole, you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, and and I'm like, but they're unbelievable. So it's just different, right? Um, yeah, different, but man, different. how lucky am I? Yeah. Well, let me pivot off that question then. If there's yeah, no one quite ahead. like you, especially because you know you are obviously a very unique with with the personality and the style of play. So who would who is one of your favorites? Not not even the best because that's an unfair question. But who's one of your favorite takeaway defenders in the PLO? I can't lie to you. Uh, I mean, I love Tucker Durkin. Okay. I just do because I, you know what? I just love Tucky. He's just, you know, it, it's, uh, it's weird because, you know, I'm an old guy, you know, and I know that, right? So, like, Kyle put me on the defensive academy list, and I'm kind of like the OG, you know, and he gives me credit. But, like, Tucker, I don't know, there's just something about the kid that I, that I really enjoy. I think he has more facets of his game he hasn't discovered yet, personally. Okay. Um, I don't, I, and I don't mean it's not it's not a knock. I think he could throw more checks if he wanted to. He doesn't have to. He's one of the best cover guys in the world. Um, you know, I love Michael Earhart. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, I mean, I love his game. I mean, that guy covers ground with three steps. Love how he shoots. Love how he plays. He wreaks havoc. Um, he reminds me a lot of Dave Petromala. Yep. Um, you know, could can, can truly take over a game. Uh, you know, Petro could take over a game and basically make it his game, uh, offensively and defensively. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those two guys I, I really enjoy. And then, you know, a kid who's got a sick IQ, you know, that I really love, I, and, and not many guys would ever think this, is Austin Pafani. Yep. Like Piff's, Piff's knowledge of the game doesn't get as much credit right now because we've, you know, obviously one thing we did do with the Atlas is our defense went from being the last in the league to the third best. Yep. Okay. Even though we didn't have success in winning, mm-hmm. we, we accomplished the goals that we set out, Ben set out for us, which was to give up two less goals a game. And, and we accomplished that. Um, and I think if we had, 16 weeks to get better yeah. we would have would have been a lot different. you know but austin is a huge part of that uh because you know he was kind of the anchor communicator guy mm-hmm. gotcha. uh, does that make sense yeah yep. absolutely all right coach it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and we can't wait to hear from you again soon